does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Well, joining us now on the Payless Liquors Hotline, probably still, as a matter of fact, in a fascinating, I think, um, maybe a good karma. In December of 2021, Joseph Newgarden paid a visit to the Estes Dairy Farm. He met with Kerry Estes, who at that time was named as a rookie milk presenter for the Indianapolis 500-mile race. And then yesterday, Kerry handled him, handed him the bottle of milk and the weight of the world came off the shoulders of Joseph Newgarden. Joseph, congratulations. You did it. How cool is that? I, I saw Kerry there, and you know I've been to his farm. I met his family, and I, I know exactly where that milk came from. So it was very cool. You know, it was a, a big deal to be a part of it. And, you know, I, this, this year more than ever, I've just felt the appreciation to, to be in this race and, and to have an opportunity to go for it. Um. And it was it was just amazing the whole thing you know it really come full circle from my side you know go, coming up here when I was younger with my dad to to race go karts and you know trying to get into the sport and to be here today with everybody um, yesterday I should say with everybody was just it was really thrilling. You know when you Joseph, it's interesting because and I had mentioned this earlier on the show. You know I've. I feel like I've known you since you were a kid, even though you were a young man, right? But you've, but, but from a racing standpoint, your, your evolution and your maturation as a driver. W- when you got out of the car, what I saw was a guy that not only was soaking in the fact that he had just won the biggest race in the world, but a guy that felt like finally he could look at the 335,000 people and say, I did it. I, I finally did it because everybody here had expected me, maybe even unfairly, to have done this by now. Is there an element of truth to that relief that overcame you? I think for sure, you know, to a degree that that's accurate. Um, you know, the, the Indy 500, I think, stands alone as as the hardest race in the world to win. I, I you know, I I definitely believe that. And it, it is an amazing event. There's there's nothing like it. There's nothing that rivals it. It's, you know, the single, you know, it's the, it's the greatest spectacle in racing for a reason. You know, the name is so fitting. And there's so much pressure to it. And I, I don't I don't subscribe to, you know, the 500 being a necessity to make a career. I think, I think most people do, though. I think that's, you know, that is the pressure you feel when you're here, that that, that, is, that is the requirement, you know, to have a complete career. And, you know, I think about all the people that probably either should have or could have won the race. And, you know, it's, it's just not easy. It's not, it isn't, it, this place doesn't give anything to anybody. It doesn't owe anybody anything. You know, it, 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 they don't just get handed out. You got to go earn it. And, you know, sometimes it can be the cruelest place in the world. But it, it is, it's an incredible honor to be able to win the race and to secure victory here. And, you know, for me, it, it, it has definitely lifted a weight. You know, whether that weight should be there or not is a different discussion, but there's a weight to it, and it, it was lifted yesterday. It, I feel different, <laughs> and uh, and maybe not for the reasons that everyone would think. 
Joseph, congratulations. Um, it was an unbelievable finish, of course. I thought the celebration was maybe more incredible than what you did on the final lap. How spontaneous was the celebration? Did you know there was a gap in the fence there that all of a sudden you got to people that have been slamming beers all day? <laughs> I've been wanting to do that for years. I, 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 no one, I've not told. There's about one person in the world that, that knew that I wanted to do that. I've been wanting to for yeah, ever since I was a rookie here in, in 2012, I thought it would just be incredible to to go into the energy of this crowd. There's nothing like the Indy 500 crowd. It's just a it's a magical place, as as we all know, and um, it's really uh, it's something to behold in person. And you know, I, I said if I if I'm lucky enough to win this race, that's what I'm doing. I want to I want to go into the crowd. I knew exactly where that location was. I've been scouting that for years, and uh, I, I couldn't wait to get down there. I was, I was. Everyone went quiet on the radio, which was, was funny. I, I was on the the cool down lap, and I was freaking out, and I was trying to message the team and tell them where I was going, and just I had no response. Everyone was gone, so I, you know, obviously I thought that was probably a good thing, but it was just it was funny that no one was responding to me after the race. Could you walk us through your emotion sitting there on pit lane before, I guess, the final red flag and the line that you ended up taking on lap 200? How did that play out from your vantage point and passing Marcus there on the backstretch? Yeah, you know, really, this race could have unfolded probably 10 different ways. I'm, I'm sure more. Uh, it, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I wouldn't predict three red flags. You know, we didn't even predict the first red flag. You know, if we could have, we we would have gone green to the finish um, before that. That you know, before the first red flag, then you know we were sitting in a good spot. Um, the second red flag was a bit awkward, and then the last one, as you said, it was just it was a single lap, and I knew that you know this this was what it was all going to be right here, and we had to put it on the line. And you know, we were in a good spot. We really were. We were, we were where we needed to be. First or second is you know where you, where you wanted to be positioned there at the end. Um, with 10 to go, maybe maybe you could have still been third, but when it really got down to it, you needed to be first or second. And, you know, I didn't have anything planned. I just knew I needed to get to the lead as quickly as I could, and I didn't I didn't get him on the front straight. He actually got a really good jump, and I think that worked to my advantage. And obviously you saw the snaking that's been happening here. I guess people are calling it the dragon. Um, but, you know, the you know, the, the weave that has to happen to try and break the draft is just really necessary because it's so much easier to, to tow up to a car than what it's been in years past. And so Marcus was trying to break the toe, and, you know, we had an amazing runoff too. And then I thought, I thought we'd probably be pretty good to the line, but he had a great run back at me coming off turn four. So I, I just had to be as aggressive as possible. I just, you know, I wasn't going to give this one up. I mean, we were in position for it, and so I was going to be – as aggressive as I could off the board. That's what you saw me do. Joseph, I'm sure you know. Joseph Newgarden is our guest, the winner of the 107th Indy 500 on the Payless Sickers Hotline. Uh, obviously, there has been critique, certainly from Marcus Erickson, I mean, understandably, about the decision to red flag it at the end. It worked out for you. I thought, personally, the racing gods kind of balanced out because I thought when Pato hit the wall, my first thought was Newgarden just won the race because it's going to go to caution here for the last five laps or whatever it was. And they red flagged that. And then of course you get another one in there, but can you, uh, and I know it worked out for you rightly so, but can you, can you understand or speak to the criticism that people have of doing the red flag when there's only one lap left? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I think they, they did the right thing 
to throw another red. You know, I mean, where does it stop? You know, that would be my question. Why did to your point, Jake? Why did we even? You know, then you'd go back and say, well, why did we even throw the first one? And I, I really, I get the effort these days to give us a good show to the finish. I think actually the second red flag. You know, if we, if we didn't get that one, that would have been the most most shamed to, to finish under. It was such an awkward restart. You know, we had we didn't even get a restart, and then it went red. And, and if the race ended on that one, I think that would have been more silly. So I, I thought it was great that they had a final lap shootout. I've got no problem with it. You know, obviously it worked out great for us, so we're all happy. I mean, everybody else is leaving with a broken heart, except for one team. And but that's Indianapolis, and it's, that's. I've, I've lived that life 11 years before this, um, but I have no problem with it. You know, I, I've, if anything, I think about the numerous races. I mean, I, there's way more than a handful uh, amount of races where things, you know, I said, uh, I wish that was different, you know, or, or I felt like we didn't get luck or, or whatever you want to call it. And I don't think we got lucky yesterday by any means, but you know what? We didn't get any bad luck. We had no bad luck yesterday. And uh, that was, that was just, that was big for us to secure the win was to not have anything go against us. So I was, I was really thankful they did what they did. I, I'm, I'm glad the crowd got a great final lap. You know, we, we, we raced to the line and not, not that there's anything wrong with winning under yellow. I've, I've won races under yellow. And I'd be happy to win here in that situation. if That's what it would be, but it's definitely a little more special to win under green. Joseph, I'd said this earlier and I'm, it's probably overly Freudian of me. But I'm curious your thought on this, or if you've stopped to think of in this term. When you were a young guy in the series, a rookie, I remember when you started in the front row in Long Beach, and they had you doing videos, going around interviewing people, and you literally, Joseph Newgarden was the guy that IndyCar knew, IndyCar radio knew, television knew, that if you needed a soundbite, if you needed a, a, a quip, if you needed any accommodation, Joseph Newgarden was the guy that was going to do it. You were always accommodating. You were always gregarious. You told me that you were an introvert, which I found fascinating. But I think that you were always, and I, I always respected this, but I think it was really important to you to deliver to as many people as you could and do what was asked of you. And then I think your career really came to form when you finally decided that you had to focus actually on what Joseph Newgarden needed as opposed to what everyone else did, which was perfectly within your right. And I think that that's when everything came together for you and you finally got your white whale at Indy. Am I overthinking it or do you think there's some truth to that? No, it's probably, you know, um, it's very nice of you, Jake. You know, you've, you've been so kind to me as, as many have in, in our sport. Um, but that's probably true to some degree. You know, I, I tried to go over the top more often than not to, to do everything possible. You know, I, I felt the pressure early in my career. I mean, I don't know how you can't, you know, that, that, I mean, I wasn't, I was not here on some check, you know, it was, it was, I got an opportunity to, you know, drive Indy cars when I was 20 years old and, and, um, you know, you either keep getting that opportunity and you stick around or you don't and you get fired and you know, that that's, that's the end of the career. So I just wanted to do everything I could to, to, you know, to stay here and to, to keep getting an opportunity. And, you know, there's a point where that shifts and you, you build some confidence and I think you build some credit up and, you know, people want to give you that chance more and more. Um, but it's, it's hard. You know, I, I am an introvert and to, 
you know, to try and, and please everybody is very difficult. And even in our sport, it's difficult in any sport. And I think any facet of life, but it's very difficult in motorsports with all the demands, and, you know, the, just the, the fans, the partners, everything that we have. And I tried to do that, but there was a shift where I, I, I had to, I just had to pull back from it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna please everybody and not everybody's gonna like me. And that's, that's okay. You know, you just gotta, kind of focus on the career side of it and, and, you know, what I really want to achieve because it's, it is so important to me. I love racing more than anything. I'm, I'm very, very competitive. So there was a shift, but I, I still try and do as much as I can. You know, it's just, it got to a point where you're, you're just not going to please everybody. Joseph, last one from me. Um, how was the party last night? Uh, it was good. You know, it was great to be with the team. Tim Sindrick, our president, um, definitely sorted out a great time which was awesome he's you know he's he's a hoosier he he knows all about this race he's been growing up here as a kid and so um it was cool to win one with him you know i i just was like you know you start to it starts to wane on wane a little bit after being here for i guess what i don't even know what this is it's either my seventh or eighth year at Penske and you know it's not i i started looking at my bosses with you know, feeling like I was a disappointment that we hadn't won it together. And so, you know, for Tim to, you know, be there last night and the whole team, it just, it really, it was really special. It was just special to be a part of it. And it's, you know, it's not easy as you guys know. And I just, it, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was just fun to, to have that moment with everybody that really made it happen. It is a team sport, no doubt. I mean, look, it's not just about driving the car well. Everything's got to go perfectly. You got to have just a rock star crew around you, and, and they're the ones that get it here um, to race day, and, and they're the ones that that really pushed over the line. So it was just it it was special to have that camaraderie last night. You know, it's it's like a feeling in a club that you know we were all in together. That you just you don't you don't realize until you actually do it. All told, in the record books, Joseph, it will go down as a win that took two hours, 58 minutes, and 21 seconds. That is more or less than the amount of sleep you got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a close. That's a close over-under. I, uh, <laughs> I think it's slightly more, unfortunately. Not good. Well, I'll tell you what. It was well-deserved. <laughs> it was well-deserved, and milk does a body good when you got to replenish uh, sometime tomorrow, but... Congratulations. I, I, I speak, Joseph, for a lot of people that have seen it from the beginning of your career, um, just to see the overall joy and the release, the relief, if you will, for you. It was well-deserved, and it's not my job to root for people, but I was happy for you because I know what it meant. So congratulations and enjoy all that comes with it. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks for all the amazing coverage as well. You know, just an awesome month. So looking forward to the next one.